number 13, lesson number 3. And before we get started, if you need a book, let me know, or if you've got a memory verse you want to try out on us, let me know. Joyce. Good. Anyone else with a Bible memory? Jody. Amen. Is that Isaiah? Oh, okay. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Yeah. I'm sorry. You said 32.8. I'm thinking, where is it 32.8? Psalm 32, A. Good, good. All right, I will instruct thee and keep thee with my eye. Uh, anyone else? Janie. Amen. All right, anyone else? Bible memory? Hmm. If you're in hope, you should be able to say at least one verse, right, over and over again on Friday nights as we work on that. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. All right, Mr. Spear, would you come up here and give something to these three ladies that said a verse today? And uh, and then we'll go on with page 13. The Lord was with Joseph. Over and over again, you see that phrase. It's a wonderful reminder and a blessing to me, and hopefully it will be to you as you study and think about how special that is. Uh, the memory verse was quoted earlier, Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covetousness. And that conversation is not just your your speech, like we use the word conversation today. It's actually your behavior with other people, your whole behavior, your citizenship. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There's something that you learn if you... Thank you. If you go to Bible college or something, they, you probably learn these three O's about God. He's omniscient, means he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. And he's omnipresent, meaning that he's everywhere present. And today we're talking about God being everywhere present. The Lord is with us, and he is everywhere. So no doubt there have been times in your life when you thought, where is the Lord? I hope you realize that God is real and that he has been with you, guiding you and protecting you, sustaining you and bringing you to this moment. There's a song in the hymnal, Jesus led me all the way. And the the, the idea is that we didn't realize he was leading me all the way, but he's guiding me and directing me. And when I'm going the wrong way, he's bopping me on the head and he's prodding me and allowing stumbling blocks and things in my life to get me to see that I'm not going the right way. But he led me all the way. That's the Christian life. And so um, God's guidance through closed and open doors of life, uh, as we see him guide and lead us, um, uh, Hebrews 13.5 is our memory verse. 13.8 says, he is always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, uh, he never changes. And so as we look at <clears throat> chapter 39 of Genesis, and that's where we've been with Joseph. We've been right around chapter 39 most of the time. But in Genesis 39, we see that um, uh, Joseph was sold to Potiphar. 
And this was an awful thing at age 17, being kidnapped and sold as a slave. And yet verse 2 says, and the Lord was with Joseph. It doesn't matter how bad it was, God was still there. And that's what we got to remember is no matter what's going on, God hasn't forgot us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so uh, the Lord was with Joseph. Uh, And then verse uh, 5, it came to pass from time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Uh, There was just a blessing on Potiphar's house because of Joseph. No matter where Joseph was, no matter how many lemons life was handing him, he was just making lemonade with it because God was with him. And then at the end of the chapter, it says that Joseph got thrown into prison because he stood up and did the right thing and, and defied Mrs. Potiphar. And for that, he got thrown into prison. And yet, it says in verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And so we see again, God is with Joseph. And because God's with Joseph, even though he's got lemons, he's making lemonade. There's there's nothing better he can do than what he's doing as a servant of Potiphar and as a slave, as a, as a prisoner in the prison house. Joseph is still doing the, the best with what God's allowed him to have. And, and that's a w- wonderful sign. Now, the truth is God is always there, whether we're obeying him or not or recognizing him, he's always there. But what an awesome thing when other people notice that the Lord is with you. And what an awesome thing when you realize And you don't have to be depressed and defeated because the Lord is with you. So why was Joseph in Egypt? Why? Was he in Egypt because his brothers sold him? Is that why he was in Egypt? Not really. No, you get to the end of the book and it says, you sold me, but God sent me. He wasn't really there because of what his brothers did. That's something we got to remember. He's there because God wanted him there. God was in the process of building a great nation, the nation of Israel. And God chose to do this work in Egypt of all places. Though Joseph seemed to be out of place, God was working all along to accomplish his plan. Nothing was happening that was out of God's will. It was all really happening within God's program. He was allowing it because it was working to his plan. If you are one of God's children, God is with you no matter where you may be. The Lord is with you and he has brought you to this place to do a wonderful work in your life and no matter what it is and what's going on now you say but I know I'm where I am because I've made mistakes and I've done wrong that might be but you know what God's still there with you too and God's allowed that to happen and by the way praise God for a loving heavenly father that will allow you to get in trouble some people don't get in trouble like they should Uh, but God is so loving to you that he's not letting you get away with it and so praise God in all things. Understand, God is there. He is with you. This is part of his plan. So the box says, the Lord is with us. <clears throat> He's guiding, protecting, and caring for us each step of the way. Doesn't mean that we'll never have anything to worry about. Doesn't mean that we'll never be scared or afraid or shocked by something. But it does mean that he is there. He is with us. And so we have four points today, starting on page 14. The Lord was with Joseph in the hour 
of loneliness. Loneliness. There's a hymn in our book. I don't have the hymn number in front of me, but I know it's in there. And the title says, No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. It's a wonderful song. If you look down at the bottom of the page, it says Charles Weigel. Charles Weigel wrote the words to that song. He was a musician. He had musical ability, so I believe he wrote the words and the music, if I'm not mistaken. I just know for sure he wrote the words. But the story behind that song is this. Charles Weigel was actually a preacher. And yet his wife, I don't think, was saved. If she was, she was certainly wrong with God. And one day his wife just up and left him and just deserted him. And and then for years he was single with a wife who's running around on him. And one day they crossed paths and she in her hardness and rebellion and wickedness began to mock him and to tell him all that she had been doing while she was away from him. Talk about broken heart. But you know, Charles Weigel went back and sat down at the piano and plunked out this song. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. I have found in him a friend so kind and true. And the chorus says, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. And that's, that's where that song comes from. It comes from a broken heart. It comes from loneliness. It comes from loneliness. Now, it is said that as she was dying, she told her daughter to find him so that she could apologize. But God allowed that re- for a reason. And that, if no other reason, that song is one of many uh, people's favorites in our hymnal. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. And so the Lord was with Joseph in the hour of loneliness. And back in chapter 37, we're just going to reread that and remind us of what happened. Chapter 37, verse 13 Israel said unto Joseph, Do thy brethren feed the flock of Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. A certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Now Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. But Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that it is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. It came to pass, when Joseph was come into his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of the Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said to his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. 
Then were passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew out and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph unto Egypt. So we read this account of what his brothers did to him. You talk about loneliness. You talk about feeling absolutely alone. Imagine the 17-year-old boy leaving the safety of his father's side and being sold into bondage. How lonely Joseph must have been. Joseph was carried away from his home and homeland, but the Bible records that in all of this, in the hour of loneliness, the Lord was with him. And so praise God, even when you're alone, you're not alone. And that's why Charles Bible could write, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine if my wife did that to me. And yet it's a time where you realize that when all you have is God, he is enough. And so God brings us through times of loneliness and times when it seems as if no one really cares. Then we realize how much he cares. And we know that he is with us each step of the way. Back there in Hebrews 13.5, our memory verse, and Joyce quoted it earlier, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God does not leave us even when everyone else does. And when we feel all alone, God becomes real to us and we turn to him. And and I just want to say to you, Uh, It doesn't matter how bad things are. If God is your God and you are saved, it could be that he's just causing you to get closer to him than you would have had you had someone else to lean on. And God does that for a reason. He allows it for a reason. All right, so loneliness, certainly we we can feel and empathize uh, with that. And maybe someone here feels the loneliness right now. And if so, understand God's doing it or allowing it for a reason. The Lord was with Joseph in the hour of loneliness. Secondly, the Lord was with Joseph in the hour of uncertainty. Proverbs chapter 27 says this, Proverbs 27 and verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth at age 17 joseph thought he was just going to tell his brothers hey what's here dad wants to just find out what's going on wants wants to hear how you're doing and joseph i'm sure had plans for that weekend i'm sure joseph was thinking he's going to go back home and and do his normal routine and uh boy did life change joseph lived through a time of not knowing exactly what was going to happen to him and in chapter 39 of genesis and verse 1 joseph was brought down to egypt and potiphar an officer of of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. He was sold. <clears throat> we find that in God's providence, Joseph was sold as a slave to Potiphar, the captain of the guard. God blessed the household of Potiphar for Joseph's sake, even though all this was happening. And again, we go back to that verse in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. And I just want you to look at it, even though we have been quoting it and I think it's on the front page 13 there but Hebrews 13 and verse 5 let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have for for he hath said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee God you you are making a huge mistake God wake up wake up God you you, look what's happening while you've been asleep no that's not true God knows exactly what's going on. He knows this is going on with Joseph, and yet Joseph doesn't. I mean, it's got to be uncertain. What is going on? I never dreamed my brothers would do this to me. I never dreamed God would allow this to happen to me, and here I am 
being sold as a servant in Egypt. It's in the moments when we do not know what to do or where to turn, we must put our faith in Christ. He is with us in the hour of uncertainty. And I don't like uncertainty. Anybody here like uncertainty? No. But uncertainty causes us to look to God because uncertainty reminds us that we're human and our best plans can be messed up and what we thought we can count on isn't always there to count on and things become uncertain and and when they become uncertain it it tests us to find out where we're going to go who are we going to go to for certainty when everything else is uncertain uh sometimes you'll hear commercials and advertisements about things that are sure the truth is there isn't anything that is sure other than the lord and this is an opportunity for Joseph to be tested and to realize, you know what, I've got nothing certain right now. I just got sold and I'm now in a foreign country and I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea what the future is, but I need to trust the Lord because I know he's still there. And I can be certain that he's still there. And you know, God did give him those dreams. And if he's still hanging on to those dreams, then he's got to believe that God's got a plan. God must know that this isn't the end. There, there must be something more because God gave me some dreams and I was certain those dreams were going to come to pass. And so he's hanging on to God in this uncertain time. The box says when God has, ha- has his hand on someone, others can see it. And that's what verse 2 and 3 says in chapter 39. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 4, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hand, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. There are times when things are very uncertain, but I can be certain that God knows what he's doing. And so no matter what, I'm just going to trust the Lord and let the Lord use me however he wants to use me to glorify himself. And you know what? Potiphar knew it. Potiphar knew that Joseph was someone that God was with. That's why Potiphar let him have everything. You just can be in charge of everything. I trust you. Potiphar knew that this young man was special. And you can't help but think that Potiphar probably was wondering, how did this guy get into this situation in the first place? but he's special. There's something about him. And that is something that I hope that people think about us as we go through life and things are uncertain and things don't seem to be fair and things get messed up, but maybe there's an unexpected tragedy and there's an emergency room situation that you're involved in. And yet people look to you and your relatives, or your neighbors, or your coworkers look to you and say, you know, there's still a certainty in his uncertainty. There's still, there's still a confidence. He's not just giving up. And nothing proves it more than the next point. Because if Joseph really was uncertain of, of that he could trust God, I think Joseph would have committed that adultery with that woman in a heartbeat. But Joseph had this certainty that God was still in charge. And Joseph had this confidence that God is still with me. My dad's not with me. My brothers think I'm dead. Egyptians probably don't think God's with me. But God is with me and I know it. And I'm not going to sin against him. So there in chapter 39, verse 7, when his wife, Potiphar's wife, sees Joseph and realizes that he's special, she's wanting to tempt him and to seduce him, to lie with her and 
to be with her, and he's refusing it. And so when we read that, we read the temptation that Joseph received from Potiphar's wife, and the devil wants to bring together our weakness with his evil temptation. You know, the devil studies you and I. I do believe that. The devil knows that what makes me tick more than what makes Jason tick. He knows what makes me tick more than what makes Joey or Ron tick. He, he, he understands that, that we have likes and dislikes and he might even notice when we stop and look at something that maybe we shouldn't have looked at or he might see how we behave in a certain way he watches us so the devil is real wise and smart in that way he knows he's clever and so he finds what might get to us a young 17 18 year old kid certainly is going to be tempted with adultery no doubt about it and yet joseph didn't give in Instead, what I see here in verse 9, Joseph says, There is none greater in this house than I, neither can he, he, hath he kept back anything from me but thee, he says to the wife, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? This is the best part. Joseph says, God's with me. God is here right now. And I can't do this. It would be wrong against God. I'm sure she's thinking, God? Your God has failed you. Look at you. You're a slave. No. God's still here. I'm not going to sin against my God. God is everywhere present. I, I want to show you some things in Proverbs chapter 1, chapter 9, chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Teach your young people the fear of the Lord. Please teach yourselves and one another the fear of the Lord. Understand that God's always to be feared because God's always watching. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Understand no matter what you do, God sees it all. And then Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good god sees everything and we our attitude should be i can't do that god's watching i can't do that god's listening jesus said every idle word that men speak they'll give an account on the day of judgment i i think that that god records everything and only by his grace and mercy would he erase any of it but God sees and watches and knows all. And so Joseph, you, you can just see that this is his mindset. He's conscientious that God is watching me. This isn't about being uh, evil and, 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 and just in Potiphar's eyes. This isn't just about the fact that maybe she's an ugly woman. Who, she probably wasn't. But this is because God is watching. <clears throat> the devil wants to bring our weaknesses with his temptation. This is what he sought to do with Joseph's life. But the Lord was with Joseph in this hour of temptation. And he passed with flying colors. And he fled. And he got him out of there. He just got out. You may be in the devil's web and it may seem as if you are caught and can't get out. But if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, God lives in you. And you've got the power of the Holy Spirit to to be available to you to overcome the temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is a wonderful verse when it comes to temptation. It's a reminder to us what it says here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. <clears throat> there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. 
Someone else has had the same temptation you're going through right now. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. No matter how hard your test is, God's not allowing you to have the test unless he knows you can pass it. If you'll trust him and lean on him, and you'll have a way of escape. And that's why it says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm not, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. You can trust me on that. And uh, he'll never forsake you. We do, but he doesn't. And so <clears throat> Joseph proved that God was with him. The Lord does not forsake us, even in our weakness. And in our weak times, we have to rely on him. I find myself personally that when I'm really worn out physically and I'm tired or sick, it seems like that's when I am weak spiritually too. Not not just that, there's other times. But it's those hours of temptation that that maybe there's just something annoying us or something aggravating or something that we can't fix and it's just a it's just a, a frustration and there's an hour of temptation there. So we see the loneliness. God's still there. We see the uncertainty and yet God's still there. And we see this temptation that God God obviously allowed. And uh, and yet God's still there. And then the last one is the great disappointment. The Lord was with Joseph in the hour of great disappointment. Okay, so I stand for God, and I even say to her, I can't sin against you because, or sin against God, that's why I can't do this, because I can't disobey my God. Surely God's going to, you know, go, and there's going to be like this bright light, and there's going to be this voice from heaven saying, this is Joseph, a wonderful man. Stop it. No. No, no, nobody comes to his rescue. Instead, Potiphar gets mad at Joseph and throws him in prison. Now, what I believe, and I've already told you this before, you go back to Genesis 39, I'm quite convinced that Potiphar knew that she was lying. But what's he going to do? <laughs> I mean, he's not a Christian. What's, what's Potiphar going to do? Is he going to call her out? No, that would be embarrassing on his part. So instead, Potiphar throws him in prison. But the reason why I think Potiphar knew that Joseph was innocent is because there's no doubt in my mind Potiphar could have had him executed immediately. Just could have had him killed. But he didn't. So we find Joseph being thrown into prison. And I hope that Joseph uh, probably thought this. I, I think he probably did. That I could have been killed for that. But God's doing something. God, God's allowing me to go into prison and he's sparing my life. Even though this is crazy and this is bizarre, there's something going on here. And yet there's had to be great disappointment. I'm quite sure that being number one in Potiphar's house was a lot more comfortable than being in prison. So there's great disappointment because there was no one that acted like they believed him. Yet I wrote this down in my margin and I've thought about it for years and it's just something I try to remind myself often. Disappointments are God's appointments. Can anyone raise your hand and tell me of a disappointment that God didn't know about before you did? Can't. There's not one disappointment that you and I go through that God didn't already know was going to happen. And yet he let it happen. So disappointments are God's appointments. Now I'm not saying he's in charge of all those disappointments. Certainly Satan does a lot of them. Satan is the 
to be blamed for them. But God signs off on them, if you can say it that way. He allows it, if you're his, if you're saved, if you're born again, he's allowing a disappointment in your life for a reason. And God was allowing Joseph to have a great disappointment, but God was still with Joseph even in the great disappointment. So chapter 39, verse 16, and she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home and she spake unto him according to these words, saying, the Hebrew servant which thou brought us unto us came in to me to mock me and it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. I heard a sermon once about the coats of Joseph. His father gave him a coat of many colors. He got yanked out of that one. He had a servant's coat. He got yanked out of that one. He ended up in a prisoner's coat. He got yanked out of that one. And then he got a coat of being in second in command of the entire world, basically. And, and you see Joseph just doing the right thing and never the wrong thing. He's trusting God. He knows that God's in charge. I, I can't help but think. And remember, Joseph didn't have a Bible like you and I do. He's literally living the first book of the Bible. So there wasn't written scriptures for him to read. But I think back then, that's why God gave dreams, and Joseph was hanging on to those dreams and saying, no, God gave me those dreams for a specific reason, and I know those were messages from heaven, and I know God gave them to me. Now, we don't, we don't trust in dreams today, okay? But these, these were the people who didn't have the scriptures back then, and so God communicated with them differently. And I believe that Joseph was hanging on to those promises of God that he had in those dreams. And Joseph knew, I, I don't, this is too bizarre for this to just be normal. What's happening to me is happening for a reason I don't fully understand. And so there was a great disappointment here, and this is taking place in his life. Verse 19, it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, and this his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison and place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But, but, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Decided a long time ago, it really doesn't matter where I am as long as God's there and he wants me there, it's all good. Paul said it this way, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Whatsoever state I am, I'm just going to be content. I don't need it to be this and I don't need it to be that. Years, not years, uh, about a year ago, someone was was thinking about moving here from California and they stopped in for church and they said uh, well there's one thing that's a deal breaker you guys don't have a Costco around here does anybody even know what a Costco is it's kind of like a Sam's Club only maybe nicer in some ways I don't know it's, I think it's Sam's Club with different paint but anyway um, and and you know I just smiled and I thought well whatever But but if it's God's will it doesn't matter if there's a Costco or not. Apparently it wasn't God's will for them. But if it's God's will, it doesn't matter what state it is. It doesn't matter how much the prices are. If it's God's will, that's where you're supposed to be. Stop looking around for the convenient and comfortable place. It's not going to happen. Or it might happen, but it won't be necessarily where God wants it to be. I mean, I don't know why people believe the TV preachers who tell them you know, God's will is comfortable and God's will is such a, you know, it's always downhill. That's not true. And for whatever reason, I don't see anything in Joseph's life that, that tells me he had to go through this. But I'm sure it taught him some things and it certainly is teaching me some things. And it certainly is a reminder and an illustration of 
Christ himself, the life of Joseph. Because Jesus was lonely, and Jesus certainly couldn't count on people, and Jesus was tempted, and Jesus had great disappointments, and Joseph is a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. And why God's allowing this, I don't know, but I know this. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. But I can't afford it. Guess what? If he wants you there, he'll show you mercy. But I can't. Listen, if that's where he wants you, he'll make a way. The Lord was with Joseph and and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I was just at a church this weekend in Texas. There's a young man there who went to that church from, I think it was Sweden or Switzerland, saw them online, and and they had a real strong emphasis on soul winning and going out soul winning, and he really wanted to learn more about that. So he went there. He went there, and he uh, asked them to just, if if I come, would you just just teach me how to knock on doors and talk to people and witness to people? Sure, we'll do that. So, So they set up every day with someone in the church to go out with him, and he'd go out. And after a couple of weeks, he said, I want to move here. I want to move here, and I want to be a part of this church, and I want to live here. And he's from a foreign country. Speaks very broken English, not very well. But sure enough, he moved there, and then he met a young lady there, and they were interested in each other, and, and uh, he got a job cleaning headlights. Wow, that is a, that's a career to have, polishing headlights. And that's what he did. He polished headlights. Well, then he got a job uh, stenciling numbers on curbs and he'd go to you know the address in private homes and he'd say could i you know and and so he'd paint the addresses on the curbs well somewhere along the line somebody saw his hard work and they hired him to be a credit card guy where he goes around and he uh, makes deals with businesses and says you know we'll the we'll uh we'll pass the 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 cost of the credit card fee onto the customer instead of you and a lot of businesses were all for that and his business has completely exploded and God has blessed him in great ways so don't say to yourself well I just can't afford it because of the economy let me tell you something if that's where God wants you God will make a way but he won't go like this that's not usually how he does it he wants to test our faithfulness and God did that with Joseph he's lonely passes the test he's things are uncertain he passes the test He's tempted, greatly tempted, passes the test. And then he's greatly disappointed. And yet, he doesn't sit there in the corner. I don't know about you, but I might have sat in the corner of the prison cell and said, that is it, I am done. What does it do for me? What does it do for me? This is, this is stupid. He didn't say that. The Lord was with him and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph, into Joseph's hands, all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. You know, the Bible does say in Psalm 37, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. You have a desire to just take the lemons and make lemonade. He's going to give you more lemons and some sugar to make the lemonade with. And so we find out that after the wife lied and he got thrown into prison, it was a great disappointment, but the Bible says God was still with him. And we will all be disappointed with others. 
Anybody here besides me ever disappointed with others? <laughs> or with ourselves? But the presence of God will sustain us in the hour of our disappointment. And there really is no disappointment in Jesus Christ. So we've been talking about it, but let's close by reading Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray and we'll go on into the lesson next week. Lord, we thank you for opportunity to study this man, this young teenage boy who was a man, who was solid, who was not selfish, but who was just humble and willing to be the best wherever you had him go. And help us to just do that, to just blossom wherever you plant us and glorify you. Because I know that when we honor you, you honor us. Help us to honor you. Help us to not be so horribly overwhelmed by what's happening. Help us to realize that it's all for a purpose, whether it's loneliness or uncertainty, whether it's a temptation or a disappointment. Lord, help us to follow you and to shine bright for you wherever we are. And may you reveal yourself to us in those times so that we can be encouraged that you are still with us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.